Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, Kristen Birchenholm talks with Bethel Lee as we continue our series, Evolving Faith, Personal Stories of Spiritual Transformation. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Okay, Eastlake, I am excited to be back with you today. I get the chance to talk with Bethel Lee um, as part of our Evolving Faith series. So everyone say hi to Bethel. <laughs> hi. Um, and I'm, I'm really thrilled that you're joining me today because I feel like um, you have a really great story, but you're also part of our content team. And so it is both, I think, important and fun for the Eastlake community to hear more about you. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is going to be really great, I think. And um, like, I know bits and pieces about your story, but I'm excited to just talk with you and hear more about your journey. So thank you. Thanks for finding the time to do this with me. Oh, thank you. Total honor. Um, really appreciate it. And uh, even though um, in general, like an interviewish type thing is less work you would, you know, right, than, than like writing a talk or something. Mm-hmm. But like I have to say, as I, especially this last week, as I was, you know, getting ready for this to happen. Like I was just thinking through everything that we might talk about in like thinking about my journey and man, it brought a lot of feelings and there's a lot there. So I, so I appreciate having a reason to have to kind of digest all of that with you all. So thank you. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason why I did this series too, is that, mm-hmm. um, it's important to look back. We don't often take time to look back because or at least I don't. I'm just focused on today and what's next. And so taking time to look back really helps me see where I've come from, mm-hmm. how I've grown, the things, even like some of these specific questions that I had to, like you said, the things that we had to process mm-hmm. to be ready to do this. There was a lot that I hadn't thought about in a long mm-hmm. time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, I would love for you to start with just giving people a glimpse of Mm. Um, what was the street that you kind of grew up on? What was the worldview? What was the type of spirituality that you were sort of handed as you mm. headed into the world? Um, so my dad, in Korea, growing up in Korea, he became the first Christian of his family line, I believe. And um, so, I mean, like, I'm so bad with some facts, especially when it comes to family things, but generally this is true. Like I'm pretty sure he became the first Christian and that was because um, actually a death of a a young friend kind of, I think, uh, spiraled him into some existential questions. And uh, I think he would say that he kind of felt 
um, in some ways different from his family and he found his home in the church. So he became the first minister and then he, it's a family of nine children. And uh, see, this is where I'm going to get it wrong. And my, co- <laughs> my cousins will be like, Puzzle. I just have all the numbers wrong. But something like five other brothers behind him all became ministers, I think. Mm-hmm. Something like that, four. And then, but, and then I think two sisters are married to ministers. Like it just became the family, <laughs> the family business or family uh family thing to do um so so yeah so and then he came to the states again i believe um to study uh i think he already had like his a degree from seminary but then he came to this immigrate to the states uh i think to study some more or, or whatnot um i believe was sponsored by a church for that and uh, I believe the plan was to go back to Korea after a couple of years. And so we, we came to the States when I was under two. I believe I was a, a year and 10 months. And then I have two older sisters above me. We're all two years apart. Uh, but then just stayed. And yeah, so he did like further theological studies uh, here and um, was the minister of various churches. Um, he started his own church so church was just church was our life and it was the thing that instigated everything it it it, uh, determined where we lived it determined what our days were like it determined who was in our lives um like literally at one point the church i believe he planted a new church with a group of people and so the church was our house like they bought the house to be the church as well so uh the garage space was turned into the sanctuary space. And um, so literally the church was in our house. Um, We never had any holiday that was just our family. It was always the church, like everything was a church activity. So, um, so yeah, it was just, it was everything that we knew. And I think from, I think that gave me a lot of uh, good practices, even, as a young child, because like, for instance, our mom, every night, you know, we'd have a little circle of my mom and my sisters, because my dad would be working, mm-hmm. holding hands and praying together, uh, you know, like music being a part of your lives, because it's what you do, the worship. Um, even as a young child, like when, was this Lent? I feel like during the season of Lent or something, um, this particular church had the practice of people reserving slots in the in this is when it was like a church church building uh to have an hour to be with god type of thing which is uh for a young kid it kind of felt special to be so little and to be trusted to be alone with god and uh, and just talk to him so and then community i think particularly for immigrant families uh my gosh like i don't think we would have had I think we would have been so lonely without uh, that kind of made community because it just was, it wasn't just church. It was, we ate together, we did everything together. And so um, community is a huge, huge part of it. Uh, but yeah, but it was completely, completely had completely interwoven with our lives. And I just accepted all of it. Like I was, uh, I just believed what I was told. And um, yeah, I was very, I was all about it (laughs) from as long as I can remember. Um, This is the one thing that I'm thinking of right now. I'm the youngest of three girls also. Ah. I didn't know that about you. Oh, cool. Are you guys two years apart? Um, A little bit more. Three and then four. So, but. Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I have so um, many questions, but I know. You know. <laughs> um, so that's so interesting. Okay. So then was, were your sisters that, I'm curious, were your sisters that way too, where it was just like accepted and this mm. is just what we, what we did? Um, yeah, that's exactly what I was wanted to ask you about your sisters, <laughs> like how each of you, um, took it differently or whatever. Yeah. I can't speak for them. And, mm. uh, so I don't, I don't hundred percent know what to say, but I think actually what I was just thinking about this morning as I was getting ready was, um, because I've been thinking a lot of negative things as I'm sure will come out <laughs> very soon. Um, lots of, like, as I, as I've scanned my past, like all the, all the heart, the harnessed, um, kind of like resentment and anger and bitterness all started coming up. And so I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lot there. Uh, but one thing that I thought about this morning where I was like, oh, that's so nice was that my sisters and I are all really different. Um, we just all have very different personalities. We're, uh, we're similar too, but I don't know. We're very different. And so if it wasn't for the church, I don't think we would have hung out together. And, uh, because growing up, we, you know, that's what, like, uh, that was the activity that we did together. You know, we went to church and even when we weren't going to my dad's church, we would find, it was in our blood to, you, you go to church and so we would find a church we would go there together um we would like teach sunday school together we would go on retreats and camping uh, with the church folks and those were those are all really good memories for me um and again because we were even though we're only two years apart that feels like a generation when you're growing up and uh so again we i just don't think we would have been in the same circles unless it was something like church that brought us together so um so we all did so to answer your question, like up until a certain age, we all were like, what do you call it? We did all the things we were supposed to do as Christians. Um, but I think, but because we're so different, I was the one like you, I think, cause I've heard you talk a bit. I feel like we're similar in the sense where, wait, did you say you're the youngest too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was the one who, uh, just agreed, you know, had no problems with all the beliefs and everything, right? Like didn't question anything. Um, my middle sister has always been more confident in questioning things. And so, so she was, she was questioning things, I think from an early age. And so she's always had that. So she's always been actually more consistent in that compared to me anyway. And she, from my perspective, again, can't speak for her, but in my view, she has, she has faith and she um um and she has no problem questioning things whereas i just like accepted everything for so long and then like came crashing down (laughs) yeah and then my oldest sister too she's a different mix as well and i think um again i can't speak for them like they're i think i consider them more private people but i just we all we all reacted similarly i think in the beginning and then we all have done different things and yeah 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 lots of lots of differences i think Mm -hmm. i appreciate too your comment about being an immigrant family and how that immediately provided community and safety and um, connection and all those things it's a really positive um, yeah a really positive part of it hugely which is why i think i was so disappointed when i came into um I'm ordained in a, a mainline white church. And um, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, we don't eat together. Like we, we, don't, we don't go to each other's houses. Like I'm confused. Cause for me, Christianity was about being family. So mm-hmm. that's been quite, yeah, it's been, it's been, it wasn't my upbringing to just go to 
Sunday service. Uh, it was all week long. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that was, that was, a that was very different for me to enter into, to start learning about all the different ways that, yeah, Christianity unfolds for people, but. Right. Okay. So you just mentioned there, well, I don't remember the word, but if you're listening to the podcast, you just did this with your hand where it went up and down, like, <laughs> like, a, like a cutting mark. Yeah. So I know like for everybody, it's not just one thing. It's never just one thing, but yeah. if, as you look back, what were some of the aha moments, the kind of orange spot, yeah. look at this differently moments for mm-hmm. you? Yeah. And like, this might be one of my longer answers. So I'll yeah. be more pithy. I hope in the for in the future but um but because and it's longer because at first when i thought about you're right there are moments where i'm like oh that was the thing that was the huge spot but um the more i thought about it i was like oh gosh no there really has been years and years and decades of things that happened and i think that's important to say because uh even in (laughs) because i do sometimes think that for folks who don't go through that Mm -hmm. they think that you're being flippant or just one thing happened and you changed your mind or something like that, right? Yeah. Whereas, no, it's been a lifetime of little things, even if I didn't realize it till hindsight. So for example, um, one of my, looking back, I didn't know it in the moment, but one of my first, I think, spot moments was when I was really young. Like, I want to say seven, five, I don't know, something like that. And, um, I don't know if it was in a Bible uh, or like a service or something. Anyway, there was some kind of teaching for some reason that was being talked about um, in my family at that point where it was about um, you have to love God more than anybody. And so that like whoever was preaching this or something was really emphasizing to us, like even more than your parents, like God has to be first. Um, And I just remember being like, uh, (laughs) like I, I, uh, just felt this feeling of, oh, I'm already getting emotional. <laughs> um, I should have brought tissues. Um, I was, I think because when you think about like, God, t- to tell a child that is so messed up. Um, but yeah, so they're like, you have to um, love God more than your parents. And so I remember just thinking like, oh, shoot. Like inside, like, I yeah, that's not true for me. Yeah. Like. I love my parents more. Um, so just that, and, but, but, but for me, because I was like, a, oh, you just do what you're told. Um, I was like, okay, I got to figure out a way to, to do that. Do I that. have to, yeah, I have to love God more than my parents. Um, so I like, I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah. I just was trying, I was trying to like, to make my feeling toward God as strong, stronger than my feeling toward my parents. And it just, I, so again, hindsight, I, it's things like that where you're like, God, that does not make sense. Um, but in the moment I just tried to make it work. Like, and, and again, I do, I wouldn't have realized it then, but I just, I think I began lying to myself. Right. Like, hmm. like, um, yeah. So if I, if somebody asked me, yeah, I love God more than my parents, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's not true. So so yeah, and then and then you do mental gymnastics, which which I feel like theology is is like mental gymnastics. So I think eventually I got to the point of some of realizing, oh wait, like you know, I don't know somehow being like, well, 
loving my parents is loving God. So I am doing, I am loving, you know, that kind of a thing. You just find a way to make it work. But so that's just an example of of hindsight's blot that I I didn't know and that know as it was happening. The, the, the bigger other splots, um, I mean, oh, interestingly, I saw, so, okay, so there's little things like that. Then I feel like between, I went to a really conservative, uh, I went to Pepperdine, which is um, uh, a very, based in a very conservative Christian denomination, but it's a, you know, a fun university, so it's like a weird mix. Um, But uh, when I was there, so my social group were like super, super evangelical Christians, and, um, and so I, and, and that's where I fit in and everything, but I would say from, and so they were pretty, pretty conservative, because like Pepperdine doesn't, like, the denomination doesn't, you know, women can't preach, like you can't use instruments, that kind of a thing. Mm. Um, so my, I didn't have very many splots there, I think it was like this bubble. But then when I left Pepperdine that next year, even when I lived in Korea, I lived in Korea for a year and I went to like a huge church over there. But then I started getting introduced to, I would say the kind of people who are completely in conservative Christianity, but they start to like liberalize certain topics. So like Mm -hmm. divorce is a big one where it's like, you know, there's more said about divorce in the Bible than being gay. And yet that one, you know, because people do it, they were able to like find a way to make it okay. Right. And then women in leadership. I remember going to a seminar workshop in Korea uh, based on this conservative guy, this Christian leader's book, um, like Why Not Woman, and him giving all the biblical answers for why women can be leaders. So so there, those were splats of like starting to be able to change your belief on certain topics. And then seminary was a huge one. Like I, uh, if I had gone to, a lot of my friends wanted me to go to a more conservative school. Uh, but for some reason, something in me, I was just like, hey, this is the most important thing in my life. Like, why can't it be challenged? Like, because I went to Duke, which was considered by my social circle. Uh, well, one person emailed me to like, it's not Christian, you know, like, they're, they're liberal, like, da, 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 all this stuff. And I was like, what? But it's a respected institution. So I was like, well, you know, I was like, my faith shouldn't have, is, there's nothing to be scared of. If, if, if what we know is true, there's nothing to be scared of. Nothing, you know, nothing anybody brings up is going to rattle me, which was not true. <laughs> because um, I was going to say, good for you. Like, that's a, because that's a good stance to be able to take. Yeah. When you when you're when you have been approaching things that way to be able to say like bring it on. Yeah, I'm surprised actually looking at that cuz <laughs> I don't, I thought I was much more meeker then, but um but yeah, I, there was something in me that was like if this is what I'm going to give my life to cuz that's what I wanted to do, like I wanted to be a nun and you know that, all that kind of stuff. Um then it then I better know what I'm talking about. You know, I better really believe all of this. And so, so there was something in me that did want to be challenged on all of my beliefs. Um, and so before I left for seminary, uh, my dad said to me, um, the first year, like something like the first year, you're going to have so much fun. You're going to like learn all these new things. It's going to be so interesting. The second year, you're going to lose your faith. And then the third year, it'll come back all together. And, um, and I, re- I remember when he said that, I was like, I'm not going to lose my faith. Like, oh my gosh. Um, but, but then, yeah, that was, pr- it was, everything was correct except for the last year. Like, and, and so, and the things, the splots that did it were 
learning about church history, like learning mm-hmm. about all the humanness of it all, learning about how doctrines were actually decided upon, like reading all those arguments on it was this guy and this guy, and then this guy won, and suddenly it's the only answer that can be true. Like learning the language, learning Hebrew, learning Greek, and and realizing, so I was like, I was a Bible believing every single word is inspired by God type of believer. And so, and then when you learn the language, you're like, oh, the original, the original manuscript because you know there's so many but didn't have punctuation so somebody put that in like you look at the old um scrolls and they have all these like written things on the sides of the the people who were um copying them like the monks and stuff being like oh this might be wrong here you know we think this means this and <laughs> learning about the stories where you're, it's an obvious bad it's obvious bad editing because mm-hmm you're like, oh, they actually messed up. They brought these two stories together and you can tell because of this, that, and the other. You can t- There's a mistake here because um, this was actually one of the moments for me, again, I don't retain facts very well in my head sometimes, but it was the story of um, like, you know, where Jesus, they're like gonna kill him. And so he runs, he like runs, I don't know, around through like this near a cliff or something. There's all these pigs. Anyway, this yeah. the, the distance that he ran it's miswritten and so it would have been like miles and miles and miles like it doesn't make any sense so things like that where you're just like oh it's it's, it's off there's so much human error there's so so the ability to believe that it was it's like a perfectly written word of god just it just i couldn't reconcile that anymore so um and then but one of my big big moments was um was i think this was my second year and me and another classmate in my year uh like went to get dinner or something like that at these two guys upper years uh just to like chat or whatever I know it sounds sounds like we're like um it wasn't romantic we just really were literally like geeky just wanted to talk about theology so I think we like ate at one of their apartments and then we started talking about this and that and she was super conservative like me and um and then and we thought everybody kind of believed the same thing um and one of the and then they started basically like kind of like slowly telling us how they don't believe there's hell and they don't think there's a devil and that and I just remember like her and I both were just like (laughs) it was as if I mean I don't know it was as if like I I, it was I don't even know how to explain the feeling of what like I thought we all were the same and like I can it was like, you know, like, I guess in the olden days, what a person would have felt like talking to a heretic or something. You're just like, oh my God, like, I cannot believe you're going to be a minister and you, you know. Um, so we left that conversation and I remember she was like saying to me, like, Bethel, like, she, I don't remember how she said it, but it was basically the essence of they're bad, like, stay away. Like, that's, yeah. that's terrible that they think that and just forget that, that kind of a thing. And she, you know went along that trajectory and I was like yeah 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 yeah. it's wrong it's terrible and, but I just remember something in me being like oh, what like it just started to open something up like oh these two guys that I respect and are really thoughtful uh yeah if somebody who yeah is very thoughtful and and they are kind people if they believe something different I do like pause and think like huh mm-hmm. and so it it really did um start uh shifting things for me so lots of lots of moments like that and the last one that or the last two that i'll mention um 
because they were big was was um, the LGBTQ uh, change of mind frame because again I don't know what it is but the, that's just one of the one of the areas of belief that as long as you cling to A, you're allowed to stay in this circle. But as soon as you mm-hmm. go B, you have to leave. It's like this weird big moment shift for a lot of people. So that was another one. It was, and that took, that went, that was a big exploration, everything. Like, you know, I did, I both like really, I read lots of different books and I um, talked to lots of different people. And then just the experience of being in relationship with people that I adore, um, all the things that made it harder and harder to hold on to the belief that it was a sin. And and uh, one of my internships at a church, like the pastor and his wife, who were awesome people, um, I think they both had uh, siblings who were gay. And so then they had me and Dave watch before the Bible told me so that... Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that, that just, that, it really did rock my world because it, again, this like different way of interpreting things, another way of looking at things, um, everything I thought was one way, not being so anymore. So that was a big one. And then the final thing is that my, I think this was the second year or third year, um, I was chosen to be one of the students who got to go on this amazing Middle East trip mm. uh, where we went to like five different um countries and amazing like um and they they would pick seminary students from five different seminaries and then and that's half of the group and then the other half were like professionals in the real world and they would just mix us all up because it was all about having conversation um interesting yeah and and i really went there hoping so in the so theologically you have the spectrum there Mm -hmm. and and i was in a place where i was like i don't know where i am anymore Mm -hmm. um and i really went there hoping that by going to like you know the holy land you know the place going to the place where jesus wasn't that i'd have this spiritual experience or revival within myself and i would like believe again and um the opposite happened because for lots of reasons but I mean for me I yeah we'd go to these sites and I would think that I was going to have an experience and instead I was like oh my god it's just commercial like there's just vendors <laughs> selling souvenirs and it's just probably not even the site and it just yeah so it just it was the opposite um feeling that I'd get and our leader uh was this amazing Muslim man like the uh, the local tour guide mm-hmm. and so the whole time I'm like we we're telling ourselves that we're better than him. We're telling ourselves that like we got it right and he doesn't have it right. Like he's so peaceful, he's so kind. Uh, so it just doesn't, it just, yeah, it did. That was kind of one of the final, well, no, it's been ongoing, but that was another big splat moment hmm. for me. Yeah. I wonder how many people start having these moments in seminary. Do you know? Like <clears throat> I, I, it's just like an interesting place where I think I, I appreciate your perspective on like you went there with this intention and then it was there that things kind of started, yeah, you know, yeah, like opening up. I hope seminary does do that. Yeah, know, yeah. I think that if you do go to a more academically geared school, um, I do think that that tends to happen more because you start to, because it is a little bit more like, they're not going to try to cover up um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's like, I, I felt like I was doing, going through that all by myself. Like everybody else seemed fine to me, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, uh, so that's how it felt. Um, and you know what? I used to think that it was about going to an academic school, school, but actually, uh, I have learned from some folks who go to the local school here, um, Regent, that is in my mind more conservative. Um, they say that the same thing happens. So I, I don't know, but I, I do think that the majority, well, I think the majority of the students that were my peers became ministers and are still ministers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the majority become progressive. I, I think it's hard to stay really, really, really conservative after you go through a program like mine, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's it's interesting like so for instance even the um lgbtq issue um i started exploring um a change of belief while i was at seminary and so for example there was even like a group uh, of allies that would meet and have speakers come and it was really small like (laughs) so i went to a gathering and it was like five people it was like two professors you know it was really Mm -hmm. small and no, none of my other classmates like went. And um, and so I left at Divinity School like pretty sure that everybody else still believed it was a sin, um, especially because some of the most respected professors at Duke still have that belief. So, uh, and then like the year, a year or two later, uh, via social media, like I saw like everybody was uh, supporting now. Like, it, was, it, was, it was really interesting. And even somebody who, um in their words was closeted while there was so shocked they're like whoa i had no idea that everybody like because it didn't you didn't think so because there you yeah so i do think that everybody went through change and then a lot of people came out you know who i you know we had no idea who we were at at, um who are our classmates things like that so um so i do think a lot of people through a lot of change but i have a feeling that most people still um retain their faith and I think one of the reasons is my I went to school in North Carolina and so uh, a lot of people aren't from the west coast who went to school there and so in there where they live Christianity is still really big (laughs) you know it's still it's still trending it's still a part of community it's still a normal thing to do whereas the west coast it's not so much so um I think that makes a big difference when It's your churches are still big. There's still lots of people coming, you know, like yeah. you have all the funding. Um, yeah. I think it's important too what you just said to remember that um, people are changing all around you, even if you don't see it. Or yes, even that's, if you that's think, so true. Um, even if you think someone's on a path that you used to be on and now you're yeah. not, I feel like I've had that happen to me where I've made, an, I've made some assumptions about people that I mm. knew and assumed they were on this, um, a different path and then right. to find out, oh, you're open to changing too. And, um, I, I've caught myself a couple of times. Mm. Um, That's a really good point. A point to remember that you just never know what people are thinking of. Yeah. um, In the midst of what they're doing. So, so true. I think, um, even outside of seminary or whatnot, um, like, you know, I definitely know folks who have stayed that I grew up with who I don't think their faith has changed all that much, but, um, but I've, I've had the experience you're talking about as well, like where, like one of the sad things I think about losing 
your faith is, um, for me anyway, I lost the thing that clearly told me who I was friends with. So like, mm. so, so even when I moved to Canada, um, there were a group of people that Dave knew who were like the churchy people. And I remember when I first met them, I was like, oh, this is who I would have been friends with. Like, it would have been so easy. As soon as yeah. I came, if we believe the same thing, oh, we'd just be, they would like me, I would like them, it would just work. And I didn't have that anymore. I couldn't mm-hmm. do that anymore. And I just, so we just didn't, I didn't have friends. Like, I didn't know who to be friends with. Um, but all to say that those people who were super, super conservative, um, like, just, like, kind of alarmingly so sometimes, some of them, um, a lot of them now, whatever, 12 years later, have changed drastically and I never would have expected that. So yeah, I I agree. It's, uh, you never know. That's a really good point. You never know. Hey Eastlake, Peter here. Thanks so much for tuning in to watch this message. I wanted to do just a quick interruption to say thank you to so many of you who are making regular contributions to Eastlake. Eastlake is a nonprofit and everything that we do is because of a community of consistent and generous people who really believe in this place and want to see it continue. So uh, if you're a part of that community, thank you for how you make this place go. If you are tuning in regularly and are part of this community, but you haven't yet um, jumped in to making a financial contribution, we would encourage you to do that and encourage you to go to eastlakecc.com to help support Eastlake as a community and continue to make these messages possible. Thanks so much for uh, letting me interrupt your message. Let's jump back in. Um, When things were shifting for you when you were at Duke, you kind of mentioned you weren't sure. I'm going to ask though, just to be sure. Do you remember mm-hmm. what it felt like? Like, were you panicking? Oh, or did yeah. it feel like stepping close to freedom? Like, what was the like some of the oh. overall feelings that you had? Oh my god, it did not feel like stepping close to freedom <laughs> at all. I think it's taken a decade to feel that way, um, and even now, it's still really hard. Um, oh gosh, tissues. I'm gonna need more tissues. Um, no, it felt. Um, Oh my goodness, why am I so emotional right now? Um, it felt so hard. It was like, um, I, there's like a psalm that says like something about crying in my pillow every night or something like drenching your pillow with tears. And that's what my seminary days mm-hmm. were. Like I, mm-hmm. I was a perfectionist and I wanted to get A's. And so I was studying all the time and it was really hard, the workload. So I think sleep deprivation <laughs> definitely played a part. But, um, but yeah, like I, for sure there were months where I was crying like almost every night because, um, yeah, it it was everything I knew. It it definitely felt like you were on completely solid ground and then there was like a huge earthquake and now it's just cracks everywhere. And, and, and for me personally, I don't know psychologically what this is, but, um, I feel like it's the closest thing to having, um, a imaginary friend or something. I don't know what that was like. So as a kid, I never had imaginary friends other than God. So, uh, so God and God and I were so close and God was so real and I could feel, and for me, it was a him then. So I could feel, feel him. Um, I could feel him. I, I would talk to him all the time. Like it was just this presence that I, you know, I think I created, but that was in my psyche and during seminary when all of the beliefs started just rocking and rolling it it just was gone it was like like now when i spoke to god there was nothing there it was just a void um there was no closeness there was no that that feeling of having that person 
yeah, just so intimate, such an intimate relationship. It was just gone. And so, um, so yeah, it was really hard. Yeah, it was really hard. It was hard all throughout seminary. Seminary was like kind of torture for me, three years, and I constantly thought about leaving. But, um, but yeah, it's been so hard. And I think that's important, again, to talk about because again i think sometimes for the people who stay <laughs> um they think that yeah we're just like this party sucks i'm gonna go to a better party you know <laughs> it's like you know it might be like that one day i you know i do think it can becomes like that i do think it becomes freedom one day but the the space between leaving mm. and arriving is dark and deep and unknown and you are basically just losing everything for you don't know what, but because you have to, you know, because like you can't abide by what was anymore. It um, just starts falling, like pieces start falling off. Well, well, and if you, if when it becomes your choice, like are you gonna stay, you know, do you wanna try to cling to where you are? Um, uh, and if you don't, and so it is a choice to leave at that, in, in a sense, then yeah. it feels really hard because, um, uh, Oh, like, uh, what's his name? He spoke at Eastlake. Um, his dad's an evangelical minister. Uh, Bart Campolo. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. he, he really, I feel like, expressed that well in one of his last talks where he was, tr- he how important it was for him to help people realize, like, it would be so much easier for me to stay, especially when you're trained to be, like, yes. a minister, for example. It's like, when that's your, when that's your inheritance, you're like, I have nothing. <laughs> like, if I leave this, I, don't, I have nothing right now. Like, I, I have faith and I believe that something can come. But in the moments, it just feels like loss. Yeah. It only feels like loss in the moments. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, so you wouldn't do that, something that hard unless, like, you really had to. But, yeah, so it felt terrible. Thank yeah, you so for better. being yeah. honest and for sharing that. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. Thank mm. you. Um, so then tell me now, this is <clears throat> might be a, like a big jump, but where yeah. are you at now? Because like you, as you said, like you're a minister still, I mean, at this point, <laughs> at this point, that's yeah. a title that you carry. So yeah. tell me how things kind of got, how did you, I don't know if you would say you put things, something back together or when mm. did things like start to feel spiritual again? And what did you make of that? Huh. Where am I now? Um, well, let's see. I, I, well, um, so, so when I left seminary and moved to Canada to marry Dave, um, even at that point, I kind of didn't want to be a Christian anymore. Uh, I, I just didn't want to go to church anymore. I was just like, I'm not gonna, I don't agree with these folks. Like, why would I continue to? go type of thing and because I was moving to a new country like I would figure well well here's my chance to do something different so um so that was my plan (laughs) but then then, uh we moved to Victoria um on Vancouver Island Mm -hmm. and I couldn't work I had no friends I had no family um I couldn't work because I didn't have a visa so I I had nothing was going a little bit insane and um, the church where we got married, which was a United Church, they they 
the the minister and the children's minister they're married um the lead minister and the children's minister and they found out that I, you know here was this new person in town who grad just graduated from duke so they're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> totally embrace me and they're still like mentors and like they're like family to us um they married us uh but um uh, so they embraced me. So it was kind of like the option, the only option that was before me. And so, but because of that, I found out about the, about the United Church, which I knew nothing about from the States because I was only in really evangelical circles. Um, and so then here I found out, oh my God, what? There's like denominations that are, that like are totally fine with you questioning or totally fine with you doubting. Women are in leadership. They started ordaining, I'm gonna get all these numbers wrong, but like, I feel like women... Did women get ordained in the 50s or something? I don't know. It was really early uh, compared to other people. And um, started ordaining gay, uh, I believe gay and lesbian weddings uh, in the 70s or something like that. Anyways. It's really I did, progressive. Yeah. yeah. For, for, yeah. So really progressive. I was like, what? This exists? Like, oh, okay then. Like I can. So then that became, um my new home because of the progressiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, and so lots of things like that have happened over the last, whatever, 12 years of um, finding finding new circles of people or authors or teachers or whatnot who um, just continue to crack open the space that you feel allowed to be in more and more and more. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's continued to happen. Um, it hasn't felt like reconstruction. Um, it's felt more like everything just keeps expanding, which is what feels true to me. That feels right. Um, but with that is actually a, a continuous lack of location like everything's just like yeah and so uh I don't I don't know yeah it's it's kind of a it's kind of a, a confusing time for me right now because you're right I'm technically uh an ordained minister I'm a chaplain currently uh at the university here I run yoga chapel um so What's been hard, here I'll say it this way, what's been hard is that my perspective on life has continued to expand, but through a lot of different reasons, I've continued to stay in employment and vocation that at the end of the day um, only lets you evolve so much uh, by its nature, you know, like that's what an organization does. So, so I'm now at the place where I'm like, Oh, mm, what do I do? Because there are some folks rare. I think a lot of people think that they're these people, but I actually think this is quite rare there. I think there are some rare folks who can belong and transcend. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm one of those people. So, um, you know, there's Tell me what, the, just yeah. clarify for say, people listening, like what, what do you mean by belong and transcend? Mm. So there's this awesome quote that I'm going to misquote. <laughs> Maybe you'll know what it is. I, it was some kind of like rock band artist person that said it. Like, no, I for sure don't know what that is. <laughs> okay, okay. You might, you might. It's a good one. It's like, it's something like, 
religion is the blanket that we throw over the mystery to try to give it some shape. Something like that. Yeah, it's something like, Maybe that's what, re- what religion yeah. is, is, is the blanket that we throw over the mystery to try to just understand it, to give, give it a little shape. I think that's true. I think uh, what happens in religions is that when you do that, if you're um, a, a leader or a minister or like of that religion, you get like put under the blanket as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for... Again, my person who knows what's going on, like we said, in people's minds. But from my perspective, my assumption is that most of those folks really like being there. Like, yeah, being it's under- safe. Yeah, they know what to yeah. expect. It's safe. Yeah, being under the blanket. Well, and I, I genuinely think they love it. Like, being under the blanket makes them feel special. Makes them feel close to the mystery. Mm-hmm. Folks like me now, anyway. Um, maybe I used to be that person, kind of person, over ten years ago, but. Uh, I feel like I can't breathe. Like I feel mm. like suffocated and I feel mm. a bit angry, be- I think because um, I'm like, oh, well the blanket can only ever go over a piece of the mystery. So it's all outside too, but we're just focused. Actually, we're not just even focused on the mystery under, like we're focused on the blanket. Like that's where all our attention's going. And so, um, so I just want to like run. <laughs> <laughs> I want to escape. I'm like pulling on the threads. Um, what I mean by belong and transcend is I do think there's some people who can be under the blanket and not feel suffocated. Like who can, uh, who know that the mystery is beyond the blanket. And mm-hmm. so they feel really good about being under the blanket and being the kind of person that is always reminding people like, hey, remember there's mystery more. is beyond. Yeah, yeah, there's more. This isn't it. But I, I just don't think maybe I'm that type of person. I don't know if it's a personality thing. Um or what, but uh, I do feel suffocated and this is kind of probably maybe offensive. I'm just trying to think. I try to like do like a quick like filter, but okay. <laughs> I'm, but this is just honestly how I feel. Okay, yeah. so, okay. and especially being, I because, oh, you, may, you interviewed a couple other people who were uh, vocationally, vocationally Christians, yes. but um, what it kind of feels like for me lately is, um, it feels like as if, okay, so if I was, so you know, remember the Atkins diet? Mm-hmm. Okay, so say that you were an employee of the, there was like a division, it was like a company all about Atkins and you were an employee there and you totally believed everything about it. You totally thought it was the best way to health and everything. So yeah. you're in there, you're doing it, you're loving it. And, and over time, you, through research and all this other stuff, through your own experience, you realize, oh, no, no, like plant-based is better or whatever, right? Some other diet is actually healthier than this. I, don't, I actually don't believe this anymore. But you work, for, you're a representative for them, like you're yeah. supposed to advertise them. And so, uh, so you start to feel disconnect with all that. Um, and I think what would happen in that situation for a person like that is you start to resent the people around you. you like you, you start to get annoyed about them talking about Atkins because <laughs> you're like, you're like, no, I don't, you know? And so there's um, more out there. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess I just wonder if it's sometimes you need the distance in order to have the grace. Like, I feel like, again, there's like uh, beautiful things and beautiful people within Christianity. Um, I think I'm getting frustrated because I'm, I'm, because I, yeah, I just don't feel like I belong. Um, 
in it in the way I have been. And so uh, I want to look at those folks graciously and I feel like I need more space in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah. And what I had been trying to do for the last five years for sure is, um, or maybe longer, seven years, I've been trying to be the person who could just belong and transcend. Like you can belong and not feel suffocated. And I just, I don't know, it hasn't worked for me. So that's, yeah. I love that analogy, that mm-hmm. blanket. Cause I feel like not even vocationally, but people who just have fit under there and that's been their realm of trying to understand yeah. a spiritual world or a spiritual perspective. And there's some people who really like that and yeah. feel like it fulfills them and yeah. gives them understanding. And there's some people who just want to get out. And, yeah. um, so I think people yeah. will resonate with that. For yeah. Sure. And I was so trained to, um, cause even though Duke is liberal, it's Orthodox. And so my entire, like whatever schooling training I've been so I know all the answers Mm -hmm. to like from the beginning we were trained to to be smug and look down on anybody who said like spiritual but not religious we're like Mm -hmm. they don't understand how important religion you know like I have all the answers for the religion side of things like I know what I'm supposed to think and what what I know what somebody would say back to me but again over the years I've, I've tried to believe that I've tried to believe uh yeah religion is um so important and it's not enough to be spiritual all this and I'm like oh but I'm not finding that to be true from my experience anymore um mm-hmm. I'm still grateful to religion but uh you know Stan gave that really helpful example about um religion being like hospitals so it's mm-hmm. not the only thing there but there's no reason why we should turn away from them. They're really important. And that was really helpful for me for a while. And I, I agreed to it to a point, but the difference, <laughs> one of the biggest differences with religion is that like hospitals uh, respect all science. Re- religions don't have to. And I, that's just a big, um, that's a pro. I feel like that's a problem. And um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah, all, again, all the things that I know I'm supposed to believe and I'm supposed to be on this side of the argument about, like even like people who are like, oh, well, science is about the what, religion's about the why. I'm like, but you know, there's so many other non-religious uh, um, what's the right word? Not industries, but like like even like psychology or mm-hmm. um, just deep thinkers and philosophy that talk about why I think actually in bigger and broader ways than religion sometimes does. So yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to stay somewhere where you're, where there's like a ring around the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So tell me about what you just mentioned. So um, I'm watching the clock too. Yeah. We're Mm -hmm. not out of time, but I wanted to hear where, so what does spirituality look like for you now? Um, You know, you just mentioned some of the the deep thinkers and the psychology and like those kind of things. Like what do you mm-hmm. spend your time in now that kind of, I don't know if something does, but like feeds mm-hmm. that part of you. What like spurs you on towards meaning and purpose and love um, in what you found now? Mm. A lot of things like, um, I'll start by saying, I mean, I'll start by saying that when I heard you ask a uh, couple people the question of um, that line in the in your book, like children's book of like, what's that final line about? My uh, house is my dreams or something. Yeah, it looks like all my dreams. Yeah, 
looks like all my dreams. And you ask them, oh, does is that true for you? <laughs> <laughs> my heart would ache when I would hear you ask that question oh. because it's not true for me. What's true for me is that, um, uh, to bring it to, back to the book, um, is, <laughs> is that uh, the inside of my house matches my dreams. My outside still looks like the street I'm supposed to be on. Mm. Um, so, so I'm still living a divided life. And I'm, I'm working on that <laughs> a lot. I'm working on it. Um, I'm seeing a therapist. I'm doing all the things. To work, <laughs> where I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But, um, but, uh, but in terms of what well, the inside, like what's going on in the inside is, like I say, I, uh, there are so many, like, again, great things I can say about, uh, wisdom traditions and religion and the things that they offer us. I just don't like it when they're bordered up or or there's like a, a line around them. And so for me, um, yeah, like reading all kinds of different uh, philosophical thinkers, reading different tr- uh, teachers from different traditions, um, different uh, movement stuff. Like I just, every, like, every industry, every, every type of, um, earnest, like think human thinking and experience that's out there that has, I I just, I, I, I glean from all of it. Um, I glean my, you can call it practices or spiritual practices from all of it. Uh, yeah, I, what kind of, what kind of practices or spiritual practices? I mean, well, I did a whole, I did a whole series about like some, practices and even in that you might be able to tell that I'm like weaving lots of different things together um but so for example like I uh the reframing the practice of reframing which even though I think Jesus was a master reframer it's not really talked about in Christianity you know like in that way Mm -hmm. um and so I really learned about reframing through uh through like stoic thinking through um Byron Katie's work through uh, like Gabor Mate, like just other ki- types of thinkers out there. So uh, Sam Harris, I learned about re- reframing stuff from him. Um, so yeah, so things like that, like reframing. Uh, again, Christianity is kind of ter- has been kind of terrible as a tradition in being integrated with your body. Um, mm. You're kind of just taught to hate your body and think yeah. that it's like the source of bad things. So lots of work to get away from that. And that's all from non-Christian um sources uh so but like yeah lots of lots of lots of practice lots of meditation lots of um uh again and I liked how you and somebody was talking about how a lot of practices you are kind of the same thing but with a different name Mm -hmm. um but I do think they're different like for me um so to me praying to like an interventionist God is Mm -hmm. different than meditation, even though they have similarities and I lean toward one now, right? Like I, it's the other one doesn't really do it for anymore, but there are similar strings. Mm -hmm. So there's, so, so all the things I did within Christianity, I probably still do in a different way. And then now I get like 90% more stuff. Um, (laughs) I'd say, yeah. The, The things that were like Christianity would have said, no, no, don't do that one though. Like don't do that practice. Um, including yoga, which is a big part of my life. Um, so yeah, lots, 
I just think there's so much. I feel like there's so much good teaching and thought and I really try to learn from a whole spectrum of folks and leaders and teachers. I, I Even folks I think I'm gonna really disagree with or who people hate for whatever reason because they said one thing that people disagree with. I, I listen to them if they have something to say and I learn from all of them and really good stuff. So I don't really have limits to who I'll like, yeah, get a, get a teaching practice, new way of looking at things. Um, yeah, so that's a big part. That specific attitude I think is the biggest shift that happens in people who kind of go through this process is mm -hmm. an opening up to um, trusting yourself to hear mm -hmm. and think and not being scared to read or listen to something that used to be kind of like yeah. off, um, off limits or, you know, that I think has been the big, one of the biggest shifts for me is I don't have mm. fear about mm. what I'm going to hear or see or think. Yeah. Whereas so much of my faith heritage was a lot of fear of sticking to the truth. And, right. So, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, cause I think this, is this the last one? This. Yes, I I actually hope that I'll do more like for later yeah. in the year, but for this this part of the series, yeah. Okay, because uh, um, I just wanted to you can cut this out if you want if you want to, but, <laughs> uh, but I was just wondering as a final question to you, I wanted to ask um, like from the interviews you've done now, uh, like what some is there any kind of pattern or, like that like something that you're like wow that stood out to you um just in general and then I was curious has it made you think about your own journey any differently or given you any epiphany or anything like that and thank you for asking mm -hmm. I think actually what you said at the beginning of today was I I it kind of deeply I felt agreement with you of talking to like there's a tendency for me to look back and I I see the hard things first mm. Um, I see the difficulties and the pain. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, my dog. Yeah, that might happen. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a dog out in the hallway. Okay. Um, but then really looking back and I'm finding myself really thankful for the journey and the hard parts and finding the good in mm. all of that. Mm. Um, so I'm thankful for that. I think kind of some of the themes that I've seen are fear. Mm. Um, and courage, you know, mm. it just takes a lot of courage to be able to step out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm doing some reframing. Hopefully we can have more conversations like this, but yeah. thank you. Thanks for being a part of our team and for sharing today. Like so honestly and openly, I really am thankful. Thank oh. you for your time. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, thank you for everybody who's listening. I'm really sorry if I sound resentful i'm going i'm no. going through i'm going through the change currently like another another leap and so um it's lots of tension right now but i do think that gets released and if it's okay the final thing i'll say just because yeah. if, if it could be helpful to somebody i finally found a therapist that like i really resonate with and she's helping me through a lot of this and um this might sound so funny but she gave me an example uh recently that i just found really helpful and i because i again um, I'm surprisingly dealing with a lot more anger and resentment and bitterness than um, I was expecting as I'm starting to like think about what this next season of my life is going to be like um, and what my relationship to the church will be like and or won't be like. And um, I told her how like 
I hate feeling this way. I hate feeling bitter toward anybody. I, I don't like, oh, I hate it. I just want to move to Zen so fast. <laughs> like, it makes me like feel like such a terrible person. It makes me feel like I must be doing something the wrong thing because I shouldn't feel this way. She, she gave me the funniest metaphor that was helpful to me where she was like, you know, like if you wear a shoe that's too small, um, first comes like the discomfort and then comes the pain and then it gets numb. And some people mm. just stay there. She goes, but when you take it off, it actually stays numb at first and then the pain comes like in, in and, and, and then, you know, and then the freedom. But she was like, that pain part is really important. And she's like, if you don't go through that, that would be weird. And you, she's like, you need to feel all those feelings. They like, they need to come up. Otherwise you were just pushing them down somewhere. And so that was just very, very, very helpful to me. Uh, instead of shaming myself, which I was about to do, she was like, no, no, no. She's <laughs> like, feel all the feelings feel the bitterness, feel the resentment, feel the anger. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And really you have to release that in order to like move forward. But yeah, just thought that was really helpful. I do feel like that's helpful. And I feel like each person in this series has talked about certain kind of aspects of the journey. And so I hope people are listening to put it mm. all together because what you just said is a really important part mm. of the journey. And right. Um, I don't want to only talk about like why this is so great and why we all feel so much better because that's not true all the time. And so um, I hope that's not the theme that has come up, but I appreciate you sharing that so authentically. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm looking forward to talking to you soon. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.